is very, very, in case you were unaware of the coldness. Oh, I am very aware. Although yeah. I'm sure that it is even colder up in your slightly norther area of me. It is a terrible experience and I hate it. I had to deliver pizza in the cold, so if that makes you feel any better. That does actually make me feel slightly better. Welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a Revolutionary Girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing better. Today, we are not talking about a Revolutionary Girl Utena episode, and instead, we're going to kind of do a little retrospective? I don't know what to call this. We're going to talk a little bit- Intro retrospective Rama. That's not a word. We are about to start on the last two episodes, the two-part finale of Revolutionary Girl Utena, and I kind of wanted to just sort of talk about that and talk about Utena and, like, like the show, I mean, but also the character, and just sort of, like, you know, gauge our feelings as we're about to go into this finale. And also, I have not done what I was supposed to do and I have not emailed our guest for episode 38 so we don't have him for this week Sam if you're listening sorry I'll email you as soon as I'm done recording and if I didn't I'm sorry for that too but we look forward to talking to you and I'm very excited about it I can't believe that you didn't email our guest shame you you can't okay that's fair if it sounds like Alice is coming to us from a tunnel, that is because due to a mishap, Alice has to communicate with me for this episode through the Discord app on her cell phone. But that is fine because this is just a little wrap up and not uh, an actual episode. So if there are any audio issues, I apologize. Think of it as like a special episode. So there's like special effects, you know? Yes, yeah, special effects. I'm far away. Okay, so, it's not funny. Alice. That was way funnier in my head. Yes, Panda. <laughs> okay, so, like, how do you feel about the show overall? Like, how, do, how has your opinion changed from the first episode that we watched together up to now? Has, like, your favorite character mm. changed? No. Oh, Utena is still my favorite character. Good choice. Yeah. I mean, she is in the title. Um, I did not expect it to get as dark as it did. I did not give, uh, I did not give a content warning for how dark this show was going to get, which was probably uh, on me. Like, I was expecting, like, I mean, the first episode has Anthony getting slapped, like, up in... That's all, like, uh, I mean, it just happens a lot. I expected a little bit of dark, but I did not expect, I mean, even all the way back to um, the Black Rose Saga, like, holy crap. That got into some really, really dark shit. And it not, really not did. Just, but, like, 
I don't know what to call this. If it was live action, I would say cinematography, but I don't know what it would be with animation. But like the way that they frame shots, like in the elevator, the confessional elevator. That's a stupid word. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was mean. That was that was funnier in my head. Um, it's okay. I but, thought it was funny too. <laughs> but like, you know what I'm talking about? Like those some of those scenes were fit. Were they they set that frame up like it was a horror movie, and it works. It is something out of a horror movie. Like everything is is kind of like it looks like. There was just an earthquake in that in that place. The chairs off to the side, and it just there's so much stuff in there. Very much a fairy tale, surrealist kind of just a touch of surrealism, but mostly sort of a fairy tale beginning. And and by halfway through, you're into like cosmic horror shit. A surrealist fairy tale with cosmic horror is a pretty good summation of Utena as a series. Honestly, shit, that's a pretty good summation of Madoka Magica. Dude, well, actually. yeah. I mean, it's 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 literally Faust, even to the point where they like put Faust into the, onto the walls in the first <laughs> couple episodes. And speaking of, of Madoka, I actually brought that up because, in a lot of ways, it reminded of Madoka. <laughs> They're both sort of deconstructions of their respective versions of the magical girl genre. <laughs> One thing that really gets me about Madoka. Is that Madoka does this thing where over that title shift. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Whereas in Utena, you get several title shifts. And they're all overcome until the very end where we are about now. The tonal shift that comes with Akio is sort of that's the mommy moment. The moment where she get where spoilers if you haven't seen Madoka, because I mean, for God's sakes, it's it's the internet. Guys, you should know this by now. But like when mommy dies, that moment, that is uh, that Akio coming into the picture for real is that moment. Like when they move in, they do not overcome it. No, they overcome the black rose, uh, the, the the reversals of first saga. Those are all overcome, but it's sort of a not a climax, but an apocalyptic sort of moment. It's the moment where with, things uh, get real. Akio. That there can be no, there can be no um, retreat back into normalcy, and and we we just stop because there's just no, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. And I don't know. I did, I did not. It's nice. I liked it. How do you feel now that we're about to go into this finale? Because I mean, the last we saw Utena, she was about to walk off to the dueling arena, and like. <laughs> That has normally been something that we don't end episodes with because we normally end the episode with the duel. But, like, I don't know. It just feels like there's so much uncertainty there. What do you think? I think that Utsuna has not had a single duel yet. She's had practice. Ah. In, in, in retrospect, one of the cool things I like about Utsuna is that things happen, but... By three episodes later, they mean something very different. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the characters we are introduced to are flipped in the just the next arc, and then they are flipped. You get this sort of that's Utena's thing is where everything is more. There, everything has more than one nature to it, 
And for a while, I thought Utena was the exception to that rule until we get to the Akio, and then I realized that even Utena's nature can be flipped. Even Utena's nature is not what you would probably like to believe. Yeah, I get that. It's um, you know what? It, you know what? It's I've actually had this for a while. This character arc reminds me of. Hmm. And this is going to be some serious classic nerd shit. But oh, is this going to be a um, serious Alice deep cut? Slightly, but the Aeneid. Oh my yeah. My boy Virgil. I'm not uh, not as familiar. My good good boy Virgil was an Epicurean, and in the old sense of being Roman Republican. And so he was not a big fan of the idea of one person being in control, but his, you know, the guy paints friend of the emperor. So nothing that he really writes that seems to be praising can be taken at face value. And when you begin to look at that, I realize that the all of Nia's story, building up of, of mighty characters of bigger than far greater than life people might be great, and then the destruction of them. We get Dido, the epitome of like the greatest woman that woman that ever lived, basically. And then almost as soon as we meet her, she's just destroyed. Like, everything just falls apart. Over and over, things fall apart. But Aeneas is not shaken. He always is Aeneas. He's always good. He always does the right thing. He cares about people. You know, he's just a genuinely good guy. And then we get the very last scene where there is... He has a blind fit of rage. And the last thing that happens with Aeneas is he kills a prisoner. And this horrible, just basically murders him. Um, and the last words are like with uh, his soul moaning down, groaning down to hell. And it's a shock. Like, oh my God, the, the one character you could count on is suddenly you can't. And Utena kind of does that. And I like, I, I was really happy when I realized that that was sort of a parallel there. It is always what one you can depend on until we get to Akio and suddenly like that drops out. And it's such a great thing narratively i mean it's it's made it to where i'm like dying because you won't let you yet i can't like i can't badly because i have to see it like the shock of losing utana basically as a character with the character that we loved and then suddenly she's back again with that um suicide attempt yeah it's just like god i, I love when people are able to generate tension that makes you desperate to finish a story without having to use plot contrivances based off of just the character you want to see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really that familiar with the Aeneid, but like just based on your uh your description there, I really see where you're the kind of building up and yeah. the, the building up and then the destruction. To the the, to the gentleman then we realize he's a liar. Togo, at the last moment, he comes back. He's like, wait a minute. Maybe I should actually do something that's almost decent for once here at the 11th hour <laughs> over and over and over again. Is there something about the show that like your view has changed on dramatically? Like either like a like a character or like, I don't know, just some aspect of the show which you've like had a drastic change of opinion on um kind of utina yeah i was a little like it was a little too simple as a character to really like i don't know i was like i was kind of surprised i was like i wonder how much real pathos they could pull out of this character and they did a whole hell of a lot yeah you want to expand on that a little bit like in the very beginning her whole character wears the fan a fancy version of the void you know is sort of the she's very much um 
that Os- like just like Oscar, the the no- noble female hero that you get as an archetype, she was very much that archetype. And I don't know that they were able to through her interactions with other people really, really type and make it a person and not just a, a symbol. Utena have many facets. We have she has a very good with people. She's will she's able to have complicated relationships with the student council. Like she's able to really grow as a, just this sort of archetype that you see. And that's that was I was not expecting them to be able to really pull that off because and that's fine. Like it's okay to have a character who's that sort of archetypal character. Eric Warren's an archetypal character and I love him. You know? Yeah, no, definitely. I was, I was pleasant yeah, I was pleasantly surprised to see them be able to do that. A character that whose development and I mean, you know, I've seen the whole show, but like a character whose development that has really kept me like kept me going i don't know if that's necessarily the right way that i want to say that but like someone whose development has really like just the whole overarching of the show i guess on the other side of the coin from your answer about usna is anthe like the development of anthe throughout the show is really intense and like it's something that always really strikes me like it struck me the first time that I watched the show and now it's struck me even more as we've been watching it for this show is just like how much the perception of Anthe and how much like our ability to see into her like inner workings evolves over the course of the show like because Anthe is just such an like I love Utena but Anthe is just such an interesting character because there's so much going on there but like at first glance it kind of seems like the exact opposite that there's not a lot going on there because she's always very quiet and she's like not doing a lot or her interests seem very simple but like you know as we get to know her over the course of the show and we get to see more of what's going on inside and what has gone on for her before this is just like I don't know Anthe's such a fascinating character to me what do you think yeah about, what do you think about Anthe and and her the one other thing that, that did make me do though the one thing that did make me say Anthe was because the first episode Anthe kind of weirded me out remember that yeah I mean she had a weird vibe about her that's and kind of I, the point and then I settled into yeah but but the interesting thing with Anthe, and maybe this is just me, is that I started with high suspicion, and then by episode four, it, like I started, my suspicion was lulled for a while, and then kind of on the other side, she's a lot more dynamic than Utena because whereas Utena kind of progresses outward rationally, Anthe is just refuses to be symmetrical. She just refuses to like. I mean, like she refuses. The people know her as well. The people writing her refuse to be quieter. You can see Utsuna's progression kind of in advance. You can kind of predict sort of character arcs with most of them. But with Anthe, she's just all. She's still kind of a question mark. I have genuinely no idea what she's going to do at the end. She oh could do. Oh boy. Like I can imagine her doing lots of stuff. Like and that's kind of, that's really cool when a character's progression is so well done that you keep this air of mystery to the point where you can genuinely say I don't know between choices what she's going to do and how she react because all of them I could justify 
very easily because this character is so has just kind of held all the cards close to her chest. I think it's really interesting. I feel like as the viewer, we kind of go through the same cycle of feelings about Anthe that Utena does a little bit because like we start off like Utena thinks she's kind of weird in the beginning like not super weird because Utena is really nice and she thinks the best of everybody but she is kind of put off by the way that Anthe behaves and then you know I feel like as viewers we also kind of feel that because like the way Anthe acts is kind of weird and occasionally kind of unsettling yeah, and I feel like as the series goes on, like, we get used to Anthe, much in the way that Utena did. We get used to her idiosyncrasies and her quirks and her weirdness, and so we get kind of lulled into thinking that we know who Anthe is. And then, like, as we get further into these later arcs of the show, Utena starts to see that maybe she doesn't know Anthe as well as she thought she did and turns out neither did we does that does that like the the, the fact that like more and more we've re- like Utena's realizing how little the do you think that what do you think that does in relation with um the sort of like her jumping out the window where they have that whole that scene you see before where they're just connected you really feel that like you know that they're that they've a meeting in the mind. I don't know do you feel that she is understand do you feel that like maybe this is when she realized really understand her yet that she just kind of put anthony in a box yeah i definitely think that anthony's attempted suicide is really like the big moment where utina kind of realizes that anthony like she does not know anthony the way that she thought she did because i feel like both utina and me as a viewer i like did not see that coming especially like you know the first time we watched it i knew that it was coming this time but it's just like it's still knowing what we know it kind of it makes sense but like it just feels like it's so shocking especially to utana because like she is just so clearly heartbroken in this moment that this is happening we so- have an appointment to eat to drink tea together in 20 years <laughs> yeah i had two reactions my original initial action it was like clutch my chest oh my god and my second reaction my second reaction like later was that is the shoujo line that i've ever heard in my life yeah and i love it um i mean that's not a bad thing though i mean let's be real we all kind of grew up on fruits basket I actually never read or watched... I don't know if there's an anime. I've never experienced Fruits Basket. I've always seen it in stores. I wasn't aware you were allowed to graduate middle school. I thought that was the law. Like how it's illegal to skip your weep face. I think that in middle school, I substituted Fruits Basket for Tokyo Mew Mew, and you didn't get Tokyo Mew Mew until later in life. And... Now I can appreciate it fully. <laughs> well, this is a real quick diversion. What was your very first manga? Oh my god! Um, because mine was Tokyo Mew. It's mine was Naruto. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like I bought my first anime was Dragon Ball Z. Well, I think everybody's first anime was either Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z or Sailor Moon. 
Oh, it's actually, I don't know which of those would have come first, actually. But, I mean, yeah, like, my first manga ever was Naruto. I swear I got better. Wait, so how much Naruto did you read? Um, I read the first, like, six or seven volumes. Oh, okay, so not very much in the grand scheme of things. No, and one day I'll, I'll read the whole thing, just all the way through. When I run out of other random doujins on my manga reader app. Because <laughs> there are so many and I have to read all of them. Of course. Guys, I read really... I find the weirdest shit on, on apps and stuff. And it's great. You and Karen both. So if you ever want a really... If you ever want like a weird suggestion, I can like find you some weird shit and you'll like it. Anyway, back to Utena now that we are... Uh... Now that we're done with oh, this speaking uh, of, mini diversion. I'm also, speaking of Monstana, um, um, I actually have, because I don't know about it, I actually have the Utsuna manga. Yes, and did you ever finish it? Panda bought it for me. You told me not to read the very end, so I've rescinded it. Okay, good, because I didn't want you to finish it before we finished the anime. Yeah, and I'm, and readers, if you, if you haven't, um, if you've not read those, I strongly encourage you to. It's a pretty good manga. Um, you will notice all the major differences very, very quickly. Yeah, um, I know that it's I'm super different. I'm pretty excited different. to talk about that. It is different in very, very key ways, which I would love to discuss. More like, wow, that's thematically cool. And some of them are just like showing the inner workings of how Utsuna kind of came to be from a creation. Um, and that's, that's going to be really fun fun to talk about because they did there was sort of a difference of opinion as to utana and anthe's relationship between the uh, artist and anime studio oh yeah no we we talked about that a little bit did we and i think that i think that saito eventually came around on utana and anthe um I don't really know much about how that got resolved, but I have heard through the internet grapevine that she did end up coming around on Utena and Anthe. And I guess, like, I can kind of see... I can kind of see where she was coming from on, like, not wanting it to take away from the story because, like, I feel like a lot of woman-on-woman romance in manga, like... It's usually really gross and not, like, cute and sweet. It's usually very fan servicey, And I can see, like, yeah. not wanting to have that in the comic taking away from, like, their friendship and their closeness. I don't... I, I'm kind of... I may be... Uh, I may be extrapolating a view of Saito that maybe she doesn't actually hold. That's just sort of what I kind of got from what she said about it. Yeah. It's part of it, but it's also the other part is, and it's just, this is interesting with the anime as well, is that she some of her objection, not really objection, but misunderstanding, kind of sprung from writing and drawing shoujo manga for, to basically a particular formula. Yeah, and which is really ironic if you think about it. I know that's that we're wrong. Don't make fun of. Me. That's okay. It's very ironic that she would do that because, you know, you have this artist trying to sort of fit it into the mold she's familiar with, work that is subversive in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's just, it, whereas you also have the sort of like fairy tale, but with a twist, no, that has that kind of feel. Yeah. That sort of juxtaposition of, um, of the old and accepted form with 
something under, underneath that once you start looking, you realize that it's that. I don't know. I, I, that's a cool kind of thing that both the anime and the in different ways. Yeah. I'm hoping that because we're going to do two episodes about the manga we're going to do one for each volume and oh oh ah one of the reasons i wanted to do this episode is because just announced as alice i don't know if you saw this just announced there's going to be a like another manga chapter thing and it's going to be about jury and shiori what i can't believe you haven't seen this alice how are you not on twitter all the time every day I'm very rarely on Twitter. Okay, well, this is how I found out about it was through Twitter. Yeah, there's going to be a a new manga installation. I don't really know, like, how big it's going to be or, like, where it fits or anything. Because as we've discussed, Jury is in love with Toga in the manga. Is that right? Yes and no. Okay, that's fine. I just, that's a thing, right? Yeah, that's way more of a thing. Because we were complaining about that in the musical, and then someone informed us that that is in the manga. Well, apparently this is being disregarded for this new installation of the manga. Or, at the very least, I don't know, like, because Shiori is not in the... She's not in the manga, right? Or is she different in the manga? Um, you know, I can't remember. Well, if you can't remember, it means she probably wasn't in it. Okay. No, I just mean I like because like if you would probably remember if she was like significant. Yeah. No, uh, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, like I think that this I think that other people on the internet have said that this kind of marks maybe a a change in opinion on from Saito when it comes to Jury and Shiori. So I don't know what I, I have. I, I legitimately I have no idea what to expect from this Jury Shiori manga chapter thing, but I'm very excited about it. And I we are absolutely going to talk about it on the show. And I have not asked oh, her yet, but uh, Abby, when you listen to this episode, if you want to come on to talk to us about your favorite angsty lesbian, this is your formal invite. <laughs> your formal invitation. But yeah, so that's really exciting. But anyway, uh, I'm hoping when we do our two episodes on the manga that I might be able to bully my co-host of my other podcast, The Fresh Podcast Market, into reading the manga and talking about it with us. Because Teresa has only watched like 10 episodes of the anime and she probably will not finish it in time to be able to talk to us about the anime at all. So if I can bully her into reading the manga, then maybe she might come on our podcast because Teresa's great and I love her. That'd be awesome, actually. Yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm not necessarily looking forward to reading the manga because I know that it's really different. But at the same time, I am kind of excited to read it because I'm very interested in finding out all the ways in I which think- it's different. I think that you will like it more. I, you you will hate it, and I'll, and you will like it like a lot. Interesting. So that is your about that. Is there a? Is there? Uh, oh, I lost my question. I was going to ask you another question. Um, is there any th- character that you didn't like starting out that you like now? Hmm. Let me think about that. It's okay if the answer is no. Well, uh, uh, okay. 
counter question before I give my answer. Okay. Does it count if you're supposed to not like them? Um, sure. Because if I were answering this question, the obvious answer is Naname, who, upon my first watch, I was like, I don't like this girl. She's mean. And then by the end of the show, obviously, I am the number one Naname stan. <laughs> Did you just say Naname stan? Yeah. Get with the times. That's the nice. hip the hip lingo of the youth. I'm asking my cat and she can hear you and she says no. That's not Hi true. Luna. That's a falsehood. Luna doesn't say hi. He's here. Well, I know that she loves me anyway cuz she crawled in my that's lap true. one time. That is very true. She liked you a lot. Um, oh, that's the else. What was I going to say? Oh, well, it, it maybe it'll come back to me. How do you feel about the show? as just a whole experience like leading up to this moment this this anime is it went from i like this to my top and it's been a really it is a really for for a lot of reasons in ways that other anime have not really like they haven't like touched me in the same places that that that's really special you know and it's it's i'm really excited to see the end but i'm also kind of sad about it in in what ways do you feel that uh that this show has touched you specifically like you know it's and this is somewhat circumstantial but me while watching Utsuna and subversion and disregard for those gender norms that really that, that was really important like that was that was something acting to like happen you know that's not something i really foresaw happening and it, and it did that's that was really special um Utsuna has a lot as the show talked about like showed abuse and really explored abusive or t- toxic relationship and even really like serious art scene anime hadn't really done for me not to that extent not so thoroughly and that was that was that was really to, to see a show really challenging grappling with that okay i'm gonna cut this out if uh we decide we're not gonna talk about it but and i hate to sort of spring this on you without having asked first but um do you want to maybe talk about like utina and gender and like how that's kind of related to your own uh experience over the past year it's okay if you don't like i know that you're probably gonna write something up uh more formally about it so if you don't have like if you don't have anything concrete that you feel comfortable saying right now like i'll just cut all this out and it'll be fine but uh you know well what about this and and thank you for prefacing with all that i'll answer and you can decide it for you okay also luna is trying to eat the box that i um silly cat Steven but Usta in a lot of ways was very simple about this and I might consider finding a way to Twitter when this is released without you know giving away who I am on film fiction because Twitter is mean um but I wrote a blog about pride and um how the concept of pride for me was a transformative experience because it radically shifted how not because in of itself it was that way but because I had just not experienced something like with with pride, it was people. The concept of people who the, the closet didn't really exist for me in a certain way until I realized that pride was a thing. And then I was like, "You mean they they're blind?" And 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 sort of like that was such a moment where I really began to be able to be afraid. Um, it's 
Cessna came at a time when and having questions and having sort of that old problem, and it had been with me a long time. And every other time this old problem had come up, I had sort of squashed it after a while because I treated it like I treat so many things as, as sort of a, a puzzle I can intellectually puzzle out and think to death. And when that didn't work, you know, I just put it away because it's not fun if I can't beat the game. Yeah. And Utsuna came at a time when I was seeing a possibility, the possibility that one, that there was an answer to this this discomfort of being void, for lack of a better way to say it. You kind of cut out for just a sec. I'm sorry. Utsuna came at this time when I was seeing, I was introduced to this possibility that like my lifelong discomfort with being a boy for lack of a better term um like that that wasn't just a weird unexplainable foible suddenly i had examples of people who weren't confined by this mismatched biology and that there was an answer that wasn't just too triple and never really know why it was it was it was kind of a perfect storm you know that that sort of like everything that had to happen at the perfect time but it did and it was it was it was just kind of a perfect storm for me it it, seeing having and honestly having to do a podcast where i watch a show with an example of this not being confined within a specific um like what you were expected to be which i i could have just watched that if i just watched just watched it watched it that maybe i would have put that aside like i had before but and then rewatch it and be exposed over and over and over again as we did and that really just it really i couldn't away from the that discomfort anymore because it just stayed around too long like it, it, it had not been put away neatly into a box because i had to keep reopening the box um and it's i don't know that that's part of why it's really important as a show um as well as this podcast actually yeah because um, i mean we were we were pretty good friends before this started but i just feel like this experience has you know like this <laughs> For for lack of a better way of putting it, this forced hanging out once a week, every week, uh, as best as we can manage, has really, like, just sort of... So, what you're saying is, and you're gonna hate me, what you're saying is that Utena was really the way? Utena really was the friends we made along the way. That is That is truly the conclusion that we've come to here. Like I finally did. I told myself that one day that would be the the X was really the be the end of like the point of a story and I would make that work as an actual like Aesop and I just and we did. I didn't even intend to. I I'm did at it. least thirty percent sure that we've made that joke on the show before at some point. <laughs> Let me have my glory. I mean, no, it Let really like victory. it really does. It really is solidified here that the real revolution was the friends we made along the way. You know, if that was sort of the theme overall, if that was an overall theme in Utsuna, I would accept it because, you know, because it's kind of true. It is. I I really do feel like that does actually apply to the show as much as we are joking about it. Like, it really is about, like, Utena getting to know these people that are technically adversaries for her, but, like, they all, it's by the, the end, real- even Toka, like as you know kind of a dick as he was being at the very end like she's all sort of come to like this weird friendship with all of them 
you know like there's the moment where in the you know the last episode that we watched where she's saying goodbye to all of them and it, except for like well yeah she does say goodbye to Toga and Seonji because there's the fool line but like you know like she goes through and she's saying goodbye to all of them because she really has formed connections with all of them like at first they were just people that were trying to fight her but like they're all connected now They've always been connected, probably, but, like, that connection has intensified over the course of the series, and so has our connection to all of them. What really strikes me now, to, as as we come to the end of all things, about the legendary girl, Utena, she is revolutionary, but not in the way that we expected. When everyone talks about revolution, they talk about in terms of miracles, in terms of power, in terms of, you know, like, strength, like these big things. And the real revolution, the real thing that makes her is not what we expected, the fact that she dresses in masculine clothing. That is, in a way, revolutionary. But the real revolution that she changes people and she changes herself that she is other people you know and much like we do and as we experience new people as we experience new things we change and everyone utana comes in now not because utana is special or like the chosen one they're both human and every time that humans interact with each other we change yeah that's one of the biggest things for me about like utana the character is because like it could very easily this show could have been written to where like she was quote-unquote destined to do all this and I guess you could kind of say that like when you take into account like her meeting with Akio when he was Dios and like you know him telling her that like if she become if she maintains her purity of heart that she could free Anthe one day like I mean it is a little predestined but like for the most part like Utena just kind of wanders into all of this and there's not some sort of grand prophecy that says that she's gonna be the one to bring the world revolution it just sort of that's just sort of how it happens like she's just sort of she's an ordinary girl with extraordinary talent and extraordinary heart and she uses that to bring the revolution to everyone that she meets we've talked about surrealism yeah but in a way that's not true because the thing that artsy and really really deep and wonderful shows is that they tell stories like the greeks they write Oedipus Rex. They write Antigone. That's the way of telling and talking about human experience. But Utena does it. Utena seems like, but in the end, that part of it is not really what makes the show work. What makes the show work is that it talks about the human experience by way of human experience, not rules, because they're they're shadows. They're coverings for the real, like two people confronting each other and people confronting themselves. Like the whole thing's a metaphor, but in kind of a way, it is. Experience can be both true and a metaphor. It's it's what makes Utena mythic in a way that I've never really seen with anime, and that it's both allegorical and very, very, very real. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favorite episode? It's okay, mm. like, if you can't think of one off the top of your head. There's a lot of really good episodes in the show. Well, I definitely know that the most, uncom- most uncomfortable episode was Kyo. I mean, the most cringy episode. The cringiest episode was with Little Servant Boy. 
Raccoon. Um, yeah. Mitsu, whatever. Like Mitsuru. Half point. Yeah, half point. Um, with with his like black rose thing, that where he draws the swords out of uh, Naname is the most cringiest episode of the show. Because every other line is like re- sexual innuendo for like a solid six minutes. It is extremely innuendo laden, but uh. <laughs> Do you have an episode that you liked a lot that really sticks out <laughs> in your mind? Oh, that's such a hard question because I really do love Star Like There are so uh, many good episodes. It really is hard. Like, I don't even God, know. There really are. If I have to pick a favorite, it's probably like, it's probably the cow episode, but only because it delights me to my very core. Like, <laughs> it's not because it's like the best episode. It just like, it's the one that consistently makes me laugh. And when I think about it, it makes me happy. But like. I got it. Okay. The egg episode. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you were gonna say that. Is because holy shit, who wrote this weird extravaganza of Dadaist bullshit? <laughs> like the thing, the, the thing with like the weird alien invasion. I feel like I saw something on Twitter about the egg episode, about like the metaphor and like what it kind of means. I don't remember if this was like from Abby or like Empty Movement or somebody else on Twitter who that I'm just blanking on, but I'm going to have to go back and find that. It's not a metaphor. The cigar really is a cigar. She's like, not a maid, it's just nuts. Yeah, God. maybe. I just Okay, can we just please ignore weird sort of dream she has about alien spaceship or something during the, the egg episode? It is extremely like, strange. That, that happened, right? That was a thing that I like made up and, and dreamed about and thought was real. Like that, no, that no, was that a thing happened. that we both watched together. That definitely happened. That was that was like something out of Lost or or um not Lost okay Lost it's like something out of Lost <laughs> or or um what's the one where they're on the island that is Lost <laughs> unless you're thinking Gilligan's Island those are the only <laughs> island based shows that I can think of <laughs> I'm really sorry like I just died okay um, I feel like Gilligan's Island and Lost make up some sort of island continuum like island <laughs> spectrum of like cheerful to grimdark <laughs> anyway I don't have any more questions for you um I don't know is there anything anything that you'd like to say before we go into this finale because like <laughs> This is the last moment. Everything changes after this moment. Guys, it's been really fun. I'm really glad I got to do it with you. I'm glad that you decided to do this with me because it's been a weird ride, yeah, but like, you've you've stuck through it. Through it's been a weird ride here at the end of all things. It's just been a really, really wonderful experience, and I'm I'm really excited to be able to get to the finale and realize that this whole experience, like, because I've not just watched the show, I've kind of like immersed myself in it. Yeah, kind of. It's just been up in my life, and I'm I'm very I'm very excited to experience that finale for the first time with backed up by the fact that I've just kind of it's warmed its way into my life yeah I mean and you know like even after this finale is over we're still not done we still have the movie we still have the manga we still have a new musical that's going to come out that we definitely have to talk about we have the jury chapter we have I think there's another supplemental chapter of the manga that has to do with uh, Seonji and Toga maybe I'm not 100% sure. sure about that 
no idea. I'm sure someone will at me on Twitter once this is up. Um, and then we are gonna do uh Yuri Kuma after this, and the the turns are tabled because you get to be the one who knows things, and I get to be the one who does not know things. I am so excited for that. That's gonna be so good. It's gonna be. A really, really weird thing that just really long time. <laughs> well, we get to do it for 13 weeks. Isn't it 13 episodes? Yep, fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Um. I'm really excited to go into the finale because it has been a couple of years since I've seen it, even though like I know what happens. Like It's still a really emotional experience, and we just recently, uh, on Christmas Eve, we had the anniversary of the last episode airing, and then we just recently had Utsuna's birthday, too. Happy belated birthday, Utsuna. We love you. Happy birthday, Utsuna. You're the best at being an Utsuna. You're the best around. No one's ever gonna get you down. Are those song lyrics? Yeah, that's a song. Oh, I'm bad at songs. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at UtsunaCast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandanata. Where can they follow you on Twitter, Alice? Follow me at LyreWolf. That is at L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. If you would like to continue to support us while we do our post-finale episodes and our Yuri Kuma episodes, and then I'm sure we'll find something else to do. Didn't uh, Ikuhara have another we anime that was about penguins? Yes, but we are, there will be a decent chance that I will convince you to do ghost stories. Oh, right. Ghost stories. I forgot that that was our, our secret, uh, <laughs> our not secret plan for our next series. <laughs> we will do that at some point, even if it's only one episode on this thing, because, oh my God. The yeah. ghost stories dub is too good not to talk about. <laughs> oh, jeez. If you would like to uh, get a t-shirt or any other type of merchandise with our logo on it, you can find that link at our pinned tweet on Twitter. And if you would like to email us because you would like to do a post-finale episode, uh, hopefully you're listening to this when it comes out because if you are just catching up and you want to be on a post-finale episode, I'm going to be honest, we'll probably do it anyway. Like, let's be real. If you email us and the show has been over for months and you're like hey i want to come on and talk to you about utana we will revive utana cast like we will do this the for as long as we cast. physically can the once and future cast the once and future utana cast the um chosen one if you will our email address is imagine me and utana at gmail.com i didn't actually say that while i was plugging the email and our twitter account which i have not updated in a little while because holidays have been insane uh if you want to follow that that is imagine me and utina.tumblr.com where i tend to reblog utina fan art or other utina related things that i like did we do it i think that's it i think that's all of our things okay bye revolutionize the world everybody see you later 